Hello everyone and welcome to Filibusters. Mike here along with John. We are back. And friend. God. <laughs> All right. Let's cleared that up. Well, you know. Well, well, well. You, you going to talk in the microphone today? I, I'm trying to figure out how this thing works. Is, you, 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 you put it in front of your mouth. And you, talk, and you talk into it. Ah, got it. So Mike knows about the mic. Exactly. Nice. It's good. good thing we did a mic check before this. Get it? Ooh, I like that. So I actually pay with cash. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. So um, let's just move on. This is your. This is this is crazy. What are we doing here today? Who are we talking to? We have a special guest. We a, do a guest who's been with us a few times, I think now. Yeah. So Senator Ann Rivers from the 18th Legislative District. And can you can describe to listeners where that is geographically in Clark County? So the 18th district surrounds the 17th and 49th. I go from the river in Ridgefield uh, and Salmon Creek, mm-hmm. and then I do sort of a crescent around uh, Vancouver City proper, but I take in the center, uh, Yakult, Amboy, or part of, part of Amboy, uh, Yakult, Battleground, Hawkinson, Washougal, yeah, okay. Camas, and then East Vancouver, so it's a big crescent shape that wraps itself around the 17th and 49th legislative districts. All right. John didn't know, so I wanted to make sure he knew that. Well, you know, I actually did know, and I'll tell you why I did know that. And I'm going to have to sit there and actually do a qualification here. Sometime here in the recent past, I actually got myself elected as the chair of the Clark County Democrats. So, Mike, I'm going to let you go ahead and ask most of these questions, but I may come in for a silly pointer here and there. But uh, with Isn't that, that normally what you do anyways? <laughs> well, yeah, actually it is. I like that. Okay. So anyway, uh, all the disclaimers aside, let's go. Let's, let's I kind of feel like I should have a disclaimer too, and I don't. Well, you have your Battleground Tigers shirt. I do. Maybe I do. you can disclaim that. Or claim that. Claim it? Claim I don't it. know. Whatever. All right. So anyway. Uh, let's, let's jump into it. So, <laughs> <laughs> it is a deep making for me sure. choke here, John. So, uh, we wanted to bring you in a senator to talk a little bit about what happened last year in the legislative session and what we're moving into here in 2020. So, just to kind of let's start a little bit of a recap of, of 2019. So, is there any any legislation that came out of 2019 that you're that you were a sponsor of or co-sponsor of that you're really excited to see come out and a really important legislation? So I had uh, I had several pieces of successful legislation last year, but I think the probably one of the most important things that I did uh, was the uh, bipartisan work on Holocaust education. Mm. Um, we are in a time of of great conflict in the United States, and uh, and when that happens. Um, I think it's really important for us to remember where we came from and and some of history's lessons that need to be avoided lest we repeat them. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of the I was spurred by some of the comments um, coming from the congressional level. Uh, I mean, look, the reality is we're all in this together, yeah. and so when we can find moments to refocus people on that instead of uh, encouraging this sort of us or them mentality. I think that that's important to do that. Bill was ultimately signed into law by the governor mm-hmm. and um, and will uh, um, be formative in how the Holocaust is taught in our schools. Um, we have people from um, the 
the um, Jewish Federation and other organizations who are looking for be- best practices. Mm. And um, and I think that we have a responsibility to make sure, you know, when we were going to school, we heard all about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, it's no longer in that, in mm. that, uh, that sort of front of mind status for kids. And I think it needs to be put back there. Uh, you know, the saying goes, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. So sure. I, I was pretty excited about that. And it represented, I think, the the one moment when the Senate uh, really was in unison. Every floor speech was um, just had a unifying message to it. And uh, that was very powerful to me. Hmm. Right. Well, speaking of, of bipartisanship, you know, then you mentioned the hyperpartisanship that we have out there, whether it's in this Washington or the other Washington. Uh, you have a reputation for working with on both sides of the aisle to get things done. So I was kind of curious, what kind of pushback do you see from uh, not only constituents, but maybe your colleagues uh, about work? How can you work with the, how can you work with, with them, if you will, right? I mean, do you get much pushback? So not so much from my colleagues. Mm. I'm the Republican whip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, so I, I, and I think that I got there because I have the ability to bring people together. Mm-hmm. So to get a unanimous vote for that is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, I think uh, the most members recognize you. You can't, you know, no man is an island, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. and so or woman. <laughs> um, and so I think that it's just understood. Um, we did get a fresh crop of uh, legislators in this year on the other side of the aisle who. Um, you know, still felt like they were in campaign mode. And that's mm-hmm. a little bit difficult to deal with. There were times I'd want to just say, look, campaign's over. You won. Can we get down to business now? You know, um, but but it's it's all a growth process. And you have to recognize that everyone's at a different spot. Yeah. And so um, you just have to be patient and 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 let uh, let them get up to speed in at their rate and uh, go from there. The, on the local level, it's really difficult. You know, the Republicans are in the minority up there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many years, I was in the Majority Coalition Caucus, which was um, which was created by some Democrats coming over and giving us a functional majority. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I always felt like it was the best policy to was to be respectful of everyone because I knew that we would... Never. I mean, it was just clear. Majorities come, majorities go. Yeah. So why would you uh, intentionally hurt a relationship with someone when you know that you're not always going to be in the position you're in? But what's really, um, what many people don't understand is this idea that uh, sometimes you engage to make something less bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they, you need to stop this. And I'm, and they don't understand the votes. Yeah. So constituents can sometimes become really frustrated, but then when you help them understand, oh, so you can't just say no and it all stops. Um, sometimes you're in a position where you have to negotiate to make something a little bit better mm-hmm. and, and, you know, carry on from there. Yeah. So I, I had a question because recently we just had on uh, Sam Robinson from the Chinook Indian Nation and uh, they're currently fighting to get uh, federal recognition. And I was curious, is there any way that or anything that the Washington state legislature can do to help them? 
You know, um, I'm very familiar with this because they actually were recognized and had it yanked away from them. Yep. I'll tell you what, if you think uh, our politics are, are bad, uh, tribal politics are, we look like uh, hacks compared to those guys. <laughs> um, but having said that, uh, that all of that stuff happens at the federal level, I am really sensitive to the Chinook, though, because um, they have so much history here. Yeah. Right. And so uh, mm-hmm. I, I am hopeful that they will be able to uh, regain that status. And just so everybody knows, if you're listening to this, you can actually go back to our one of our previous shows and you can hear Sam Robinson on uh, talking about the mm-hmm. history of the Chinook Na- yeah. Indian Nation. Really interesting. Yeah. So, well, just in, in my district, you know they were centered in my district. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we have the, the Plank House at the Ridgefield. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. there so, there's so much Chinook in our area uh, that I was blown away when their status was removed. It didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So, real quick on going back a little bit, I don't want to go back too much in the past years. We got a lot to talk about, but the budget passed last year, the fifty-two billion dollars or so budget, two-year budget. So, I kind of wanted to get your take. Not kind of. I do want to get your take on increasing revenues when you have a growing state economy, right? I mean, there's. You know, reading through some of the things that were said about the budgets, it was called a partisan budget because the Democrats have control both houses, right? And you have the governor that can sign bills, obviously, who is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So what's your take on that when you have revenues? Because I guess my, and in the end, my question is, well, to me, it doesn't seem sustainable. So so if, 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 our, if, this, if this tax structure in our state or what we're spending money on is, is, is what we're spending money on is, is always going to outpace what we're bringing in. How are we ever going to get to some sort of, you know, sustainability, if you will, without having to continually raise taxes? Well, the, and as <clears throat> much as that question is mm-hmm. this, Mike, um, we had, what, uh, $3 billion in extraordinary revenue that we, um, I mean, we totally weren't expecting it, and there it was. And yet we needed to raise $26 billion more mm-hmm. over the next 10 years. It's like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. But the taxes that were raised ultimately are on the people. So um, first-time homebuyers, for example, if they use a national bank, um, they were going to be paying more taxes to, on their mortgage, which is, is that really what we're trying to do in this age of increasing homelessness or, or people yeah. being unable to afford affordable housing, right? Sure, sure. I mean, it just, everything that we did made it less affordable. Um, and that was brought out uh, without any hearing. It, it was on grease skids. There was no input. It happened uh, in the still of the night when everyone was in bed, um, which is when uh, all the in case you didn't know, that's when all the crappy stuff really happens is when the people are asleep at home. Oh, yeah. Um, and we're awake till six in the morning. But um, there were several there were several um, um, bills like that that just felt like they were raising revenue for the purpose of raising revenue. And you're right, it's not sustainable. Um, the B&O tax that went through has is not implementable because of the coding system that they used. It's called the NAICS code, which is a federal coding system for taxes. 
um, doesn't work at our state level. And so Department of Revenue said, you now have a $180 million hole in your budget. Then the banks uh, sued the state because of the interstate um, interstate uh, clause of the Constitution, mm-hmm. interstate commerce clause. And it looks like they're going to win that, and that's another $300 million hole in the budget. Now, the good news for us is that Paul Allen died. How's that? <laughs> we have a pretty significant death tax, and he had a pretty significant oh, estate. So, But the sad news is he's only going to die once, so that's one-time money coming in. Not sustainable. Not yeah. sustainable. We shouldn't be counting on that. The governor's um, wanting to raid the rainy day fund mm-hmm. to pay for homelessness, mm-hmm. I'm really concerned about, because um, over the past 11 years or so, we've put in $9 billion, and yet our problem is worse than ever. So by throwing another $300 million, I mean, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what we've spent that's gotten us into a worse mess than we've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure that money is the solution, but I do think that we need to take, we're about to get some, a, a windfall from um, the uh, pharmaceutical lawsuit surrounding opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so I think that that money, a lot of these people, not all of them, but a lot of the people who are currently living on the street are addicted. Uh, that money needs to go and be devoted to helping those people. We've done a really good job at shutting off addiction mm-hmm. um, uh, prospectively or going forward, but we have a bunch of people behind us who are addicted and who are having a really tough time of it. So we need to be spending money to help those people in that way, and I think that that will take care of part of the issue. Um, but uh, I don't think that money is just the issue. And to raid the rainy day fund to pay, give more money to something that's not working is really, I think, questionable policy at best. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I want to ask you some follow-up questions on homelessness because it does, it's, it's a, well, it's a huge issue around the state, but here in Clark County. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to have more with, um, with Bill Busters here and Senator Ann Rivers. Community radio like this is brought to you by the generous support by our founding sponsors at ADCO Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. ADCO features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalogs, and much more. Print on anything and mail anywhere. Learn more at adco1.com. That's A-D-C-O, the number one, dot com. KXRW would like to thank our friends at New Vansterdam for supporting our radio community. New Vansterdam is the premier cannabis market in the Vancouver area. They carry a variety of cannabis products ranging from pre-rolls, vape cartridges, and edibles to CBD topicals, oils, and tinctures. New Vansterdam is located in the Heights Shopping Center on the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen Road. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. 365 days a year. More information is available at newvansterdam.com. That's newvansterdam.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to Filibusters. Mike and John here along with our guest, Senator Ann Rivers, who represents the 18th Legislative District here in, well, that's all in Clark County? Yep. These days? Yeah, yeah it is. That's right. Right so, up until redistricting. Up in, for a couple more years. No, that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to have a whole show about redistricting at some point. We're going to need to. It's exciting. It is. Maybe. For us nerds. Political nerds. Political wants. It's important, though. It's important. So I want to follow up a little more on, on homelessness, uh, 
you know, I, I don't, again, I don't know what the solutions are, but we're, we're talking strictly around the focus on sheltering people. A big challenge for cities, for the county, right, when you have somebody who's out on the street or in a public space and you don't have a shelter, you can't take them from that public space. Something most people don't understand because it hasn't quite gotten out there yet, right? Mm-hmm. And again, when it comes to providing a service, uh, there are nonprofits, there are churches that do provide some shelters. But in Vancouver alone, I was speaking with the mayor of Vancouver here recently, and she'd mentioned there are almost 2,000 more beds are needed just to get everybody off the streets to shelter them. Now, during cold weather, they'll, they'll have enough they'll have emergency shelters to help with most of that. But, but outside of that, they don't. So... You know, having that conversation with her and, and, you know, we're both, disclosure, we're both mayors, so we had this discussion about, what are you doing? You know, how, how do we handle this? And while Battleground's significantly smaller than Vancouver, there, there are still people in our community that are not sheltered. So what role should then the state play in this? Because, uh, you know, when it comes to the cities, at least to smaller cities, you know, when we say you don't have the money, I know it's kind of people like, oh, you have the money to do everything you ever want because you're the government, but we don't. So... You know, what what can we do and, and how can we work with the state? And does the state play a role in this? Is a federal government thing? Is this a local state fed thing? Is this, you know, because I don't, from, from my perspective, I don't see how the nonprofit sector can take care of it totally. Right. Well, and we've yeah. neutered them. <laughs> many, well. many of the religious organizations that, um, that have solutions, mm-hmm. uh, the state saying, no, you can't do that. Mm. Right. So, so I think that we have to look for ways and it's not just, you know, people, I know, uh, I've been elected long enough to know that people love silver bullet solutions. <sighs> just, just fire this one silver yep. bullet and we'll fix it. But the reality is, you know, and I know yep. that there are no silver bullets for this because the reasons for homelessness are many and varied. Yes. So, um, but there are some things that the state should be doing. Representative Vic and I have had for many years the ADU bill, the mm-hmm. uh, accessory dwelling unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have noticed that other states are also uh, are taking advantage of ADUs as temporary housing. Seattle has actually taken advantage. They've created little ADU villages. Mm-hmm. Um, part of what we have to do is teach people how to not be homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the the story about the guy um, in the uh, facility where he he didn't know how to use a thermostat. Yeah. He'd never seen a thermostat, so he started a fire in the middle of his living room because he was cold. Um, so it's not it's it's partly about having a place to put people, but it's also partly about helping them to understand what it means to have a place mm-hmm. and and how to care for that and and manage. All yeah, there's, of a, that. there's a, a mentorship. Right. That Absolutely. Some organizations are doing that, but there's so many people out there that. Yep. Um, and the other piece of it is that you need people with this lived experience because mm-hmm. there's a trust factor. Sure. So you have to look for people who know where these people are come from because they've experienced it themselves, right? And so, um, the problem is complex. The solutions sure. yeah. are complex, but I am not of the mind that it's all about money. Mm-hmm. I think it's also about the regulation that we've created that that hamstring it this regulation hamstrings us from being able to do simple little things. Uh, I know that my son had a heck of a time finding a place to live. 
and I would love to have had a small home on my two and a half acres for him to be able to stay in. Um, but then fortunately we didn't need that. But, <laughs> but, but the point is that, um, that it's, there's no silver bullet, um, and it's going to take all of us working together. And in this time of hyper-partisanship, mm-hmm. I do believe heart and soul, there's so much opportunity for us to work together to come up with solutions that can really work. Yeah, because in the end, regardless, there are some people out there that don't want to see people on the streets because 100% because they care about them. Mm-hmm. There are some people out there that don't want to see people on the streets because they don't want to see people on the streets. Yeah. Right? They don't feel safe. Yep. They think it's going to bring crime and drug abuse, all that stuff. Your needles in the streets and the gutters. I mean, we all we all hear that. So no matter how you look at it, there's nobody that wants people to be on the streets. And right. so I think the sheltering problem is sort of uh, it's a band aid, right? Because like I said there mm-hmm. there is there's a there's a layer upon layer of of, of 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 challenges, if you will, to get people into homes permanently. And but there are literally people on the street, and again, we have to get them a place to go or else we can't get them off the street. Exactly. That's this whole challenge. Yeah, that's the whole legal battle. I mean, that's the law right now. And the Supreme Court's not going to really deal with this. So it's it's, in the Ninth Circuit's made their, pretty much at this point in the process, correct if I'm wrong, they made their ruling. Yes. So we're at a point now where you have a legal right to exist in public spaces as a human being and we can't come and tell you to move. But here's what's not (laughs) unless you're Unless you're, you know, doing something illegal or or something like that, yeah. I believe that we need to um, give people a choice. Mm -hmm. Here's your choice. Either go here, do this, you know, get get mental health treatment, Mm -hmm. get substance abuse disorder treatment, um, do these things, or you're going in in another direction. Um, You know, but people need to have the choice for themselves. and, and so far, uh, we haven't come up with the options of, of what people can do. But I want to tell you, I just graduated from the Opioid Fellows Program that was put on by um, the Center for Disease Control and the National Conference of State Legislatures. Mm. And we had to, we had to um, really extend ourselves and do something that was not, uh, that would be educational, but that would be uncomfortable for us. So with That's how you grow, though, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, and uncomfortable. I, so here's my here's what I did, and this was probably one of the least comfortable things I've done in <laughs> my life. I I grabbed my awesome husband Fred, and we went up to Hastings Street in uh, in British Columbia, and we visited a safe injection site. Mm. Um, and uh, um, because you know Seattle's been looking at this, and mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to know firsthand what they were doing. Um, you know, what was working, what didn't appear to be working, mm-hmm. um, and, and came away with a list of things that if, if done properly, that that might be a solution. Um, but they're not doing, I mean, I, I, and then I found out how, how the, um, Hastings street came to be. And it was that, um, people didn't want to see these people anymore in the streets. Mm-hmm. So they took a crappy part of town mm-hmm. and they shuffled mm-hmm. them off to the, and it looks like a war-torn section of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there were people trading sex for drugs in, right in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. The, my husband had to walk in front of me with his um, Romeos on to kick the needles out. I mean, kick the needles out of the way. Um, it's only open from nine to five. 
Mm. And which is, as you know, when yeah. every addicted person says, oh, I have to wait till nine, you know. Um, oh, well. So as we walked mm. out the door, a man coded right in front of us uh, and the an ambulance zoomed up to help him. Mm. Um, and then the ambulance workers sprayed our shoes with something. Um, I was talking with them and they said, hey, just let us spray your shoes. Wow. Um, so. So shuffling these people off to a place where no one has to look at them is not the solution. That, to me, is as big a crime as what they're doing. We need to get these people help. Um, And and for the homeless people who do need help with either mental health Mm -hmm. or substance abuse disorder, we have a responsibility to do that. So I'm hoping that we use that drug settlement money for that purpose. Okay. Good. Good. Well, thank you. That's a really important subject here for a lot of reasons here locally yeah and all right all right mike i'm gonna i'm gonna go take it lighter now oh boy i okay. have to all right all right so Anne, i i have to know you know here we just had something come out and on disney plus and everything and i'm a huge sci-fi fan so gotta know what your thoughts are on baby yoda well um, I am in the camp that thinks that Baby Yoda is pretty stinking cute. <laughs> and I also think he had to start somewhere. So if you like the old Yoda, then you can't not like the young Yoda. Well, there you go. All right. And see, I didn't bring Star Trek into this at all, Mike. Appreciate that, John. <laughs> all right. All right, back to business. Back to real Man, stuff. All Baby right. Yoda. Baby Yoda. Everybody's got to know about Baby Yoda. They do. Yeah. I have an opinion. I don't care. <laughs> That's my opinion. Hey, hey all right. <laughs> so uh, going back here, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about 2020, the upcoming session. And mm-hmm. I know, that, like I said, the governor came out with a budget proposal here recently that uh, actually had well, had no new tax proposals. But the other one thing that uh, I wanted to bring up again and touch on was as we go into 2020, you know, the states anticipating another increase in revenues. Uh, so we talked a little earlier about that. So whenever, and I just kind of made, maybe a more philosophical question going into the session. Not that that money is not going to be uh, obligated in some way, but but whenever we do enter uh, a session where the economy is doing better than we thought it would, what's sort of your philosophical approach to excess revenues, if you will? Well, look at we have had an incredible economy for a very long time, mm-hmm. and we all know that that can't last. Sure. Um. I know I've heard a lot of talk about a capital gains income tax. Mm-hmm. We need look uh, only to our neighbor to the south to see how it's fabulous in the fat times, but in the lean times, it's worthless. Um, so I hear talk about that happening in this legislative session, but it may wait until after the 2020 election cycle mm-hmm. is over. Um, um, but I think that... Um, <laughs> You know, we have to be the adults in the room. When we, when we sit around our kitchen table and talk about, do we really need the Netflix subscription? Do we really yes, need Hulu? Do, do we do, yeah. right? <laughs> do we really need Disney? Yeah. Thank Disney goodness. Plus? Thank goodness I'm hey, a... Hey, hey, You need that. That's a, that's a Thank goodness have. I'm a Verizon subscriber. Right? There you go. So, um, so, um that doesn't seem to be happening at the state level. And that's really disturbing. Uh, it's look, I think that government that prioritizes its, its uh, responsibilities 
is the best government, and that's a nonpartisan statement, right? We have to care for our most vulnerable. We have to provide basic infrastructure. We have to provide basic education. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, so it just seems silly to me to add a whole bunch of new programs that in a few years we're not going to be able to afford. So then, you know, then you've got to cut them and there's the gnashing of teeth and it's all sad when the reality is maybe we need to be looking a little bit more closely before we start and and plan for those lean times. Yeah. No, I think it's, I'm just just curious. A lot lot of times we'll, we'll have elected officials say, well, we should save the money or save a portion of it, rainy day fund, increase that, you know, and, and I think that the challenge we have is, you know, when people run for office, they make a lot of promises. Right. People have a lot of things they're interested in promoting at the legislative mm-hmm. level, right? Then people can call them pet projects. If you will. I'm not trying to demean them, but people have things they really care about and they go there and like, oh, I want to push this, right? And then they're able to push it and it costs X amount of millions of dollars a year. So you start doing that by multiplying that out by all the different legislators, senators, all of a sudden, you know, that's how you're growing this. To the point of where, you know, you grow, you're growing it despite itself. Like at some point it eats itself. Right, exactly. It, yeah. it, it gets crushed under its own weight. Yeah, yeah. You know, a great example is our um, bonded indebtedness in the state. Mm. I don't know if you're following, but um, the, the uh, transportation budget, the amount of gas that's going to pay for projects that were completed you know, 10, 12, 15 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. ago, and we're still going to be paying for another 15 years. Yep. We have to come up with a different way to do this. We can no longer just keep um, building stuff and putting us deeper in debt that we'll never, ever get out of. Um, so that's part of it. But then here's another thing, our capital budget. Did you know that there are salaries that are actually funded out of our capital budget? Mm-hmm. So someone making $30,000 a year because they're paid out of capital budget will actually cost several million dollars because oh, that yeah. money is bonded out yeah. over 30 years. It's mm. just, why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. But that seems to be the way that it's just spend, spend, spend um, without that prioritization of what is the most important thing for us to be doing. Yeah, I know it's a constant, uh, constant challenge. Because even in, even in the slow times, there, there, there's going to be pressures to what do you cut? Right, right, exactly. And so, yeah, so it turns into this whole, like I said, it eats itself. And oh, so much for the cheery, fun Yoda question, but kind of got a little What else you got for us, John? Can you uh, lighten us up again? All right, I think we can do one quick one here. <laughs> right before uh, the break. All right, let's do it. So, new Star Wars movie. Seen it yet? Nope. Going to go see it? Uh, maybe on demand. Nice. Okay, that's that's fair. That's right. fair. I had to get that one out anyway. All right, so we're going to take another quick break here with uh, Senator Ann Rivers. We'll be back with more filibusters in just a moment. KXRW Community Radio wants to thank our friends and sponsors at Boomerang Therapy Works, where exercise is medicine. At Boomerang, they offer a variety of one-on-one treatment options that can be tailored to your health and wellness. They offer physical therapy, massage therapy, personal trainers, exercise programs, group classes, and specialize in customized Parkinson's treatments. Located in downtown Vancouver, more info available at boomerangtherapyworks.com. 
where exercise is medicine. Big shout out to our friends at Vancouver Pizza Company for supporting KXRW Vancouver. This family-owned pizza restaurant offers 25 specialty pizzas along with fresh salads, hot sandwiches, wings, and their famous breadstick. The spacious dining room is a great place to gather and play board games. Can't come in? Ask for delivery or pickup. Their delivery area also includes our friends in North Portland. Vancouver Pizza Company also specializes in large groups, birthday parties, and catering. More information available at VancouverPizza.net. Hello everyone, welcome back to Filibusters. Mike and John here along with Senator Ann Rivers, who is a elected official, because that's what the Senator... What am I talking about? Senators are elected officials. I'm all tongue-tied. Senator Ann Rivers, 18th Legislative District here in Clark County. There we go. That's what I meant to say. So, Senator, I wanted to ask you something. So, I'm going to have a little... Well, I want to have a fun question, because I'm having all these serious questions here. So, what is your favorite Christmas tradition for your family? Um, my favorite Christmas tradition is uh, in the morning, my husband gets up before everyone else yeah. and he starts a, a beautiful fire for right. us. And then we um, we have a, um, a tradition of, and we actually bring them around to our close friends. We make pork pie, which is a Canadian hmm. um, Christmas tradition. You really basically just mashed potatoes with pork sausage and some nutmeg and a pie shell. So and homemade applesauce. Isn't that poutine? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it is. No, no, poutine's French fries with gravy sauce. That I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just, uh, Canadian know. traditions, you know. Eh? Isn't poutine like the president of uh, Russia? <laughs> no. John, put on your thinking too. How's poutine? Eh? Take off those. So, um, so uh, we we sit in front of the fire. We have our pork pie with homemade applesauce. And then we get to the gift of How early do you get up? Oh, well, when we were younger, yeah. it was really early. Um, but kids, now, you know, now yeah. that my kids yeah. are older, uh, maybe 7.30-ish. Nice. <laughs> I, try to milk, I try to milk as best I can. We have an eight-year-old that's still, you know, he's really excited, but usually I can get her to wait till about 7.30, 8 o'clock. So. <laughs> so upcoming session starts January 13th, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Yep. So um, our... So are you still going to be serving on the committees you served on this last session? Yeah. Okay. That was my first question. And those are the committees of Ways, ways and Means. means yep. Yeah. Uh, ways and Means, Energy and Tech, uh, which is going to be huge because we're going to be taking up uh, consumer privacy mm. uh, for the in the electronic medium this year. That's a huge, huge mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm also on, um, oh my goodness, oh, on the Rules Committee, which I love. Because the rules is sort of the clearinghouse of all the bills that actually get to go to the floor. And uh, you remind me what else? Healthcare? Healthcare, yeah. Which is, I love healthcare. Healthcare's uh, my guilty pleasure. <laughs> so uh, back to transportation, uh, you know, we had I 976 pass this past recently, just recently. Mm-hmm. Big blood. November? November, thank you. Yeah. Just a couple months ago. Or a month ago, man, I'm off today. So it just passed, and and we, we you know just to briefly summarize it for people that haven't been following, it's going to put a cap on the amount of money that the state can collect for tab registration fees mm-hmm. at thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. So that means that any jurisdiction that has a car tab fee or whatever that hasn't been voter approved, gone. Mm-hmm. So it puts a lot of jurisdictions in a pinch when it comes to funding. But then also, uh, there's an effect to some of the state project. That's been the, the word out there. Um, I've sort of heard both sides of the governor's uh, 
tantrum. <laughs> I was thinking of a. I was going to say that his his his, his, his unfortunate hold, act, his hold, if you will, on yeah. projects. And so, yeah, I can see where you're coming from on this. So, explain a little bit uh, to our listeners about that and the fact that we have all these projects that are out there that were, as you mentioned earlier, gas taxes were passed, projects that were were promised um, that, in theory, shouldn't have anything to do with this, but there is a uh, we will be polite and say a political statement being made. That's what I'll say. So you can go ahead and enlighten us a little more on how you feel about that. So first of all, I have to say that um, that uh, people want to villainize Tim Iman over this. But the reality is that Tim Iman is a symptom of people who are just fed up with feeling like they're being, being nickeled and dimed to death. And mm-hmm. so while many people say, well, punish them, which is actually what Jay Inslee's doing. He's punishing people because they're saying to him, stop taking my money. Seems like I, I'm two steps up, one step back, or, or one step up, two steps back in terms of the amount of money that is being captured by my government mm-hmm. for stuff that I may or may not agree with. Um, there were many people who took that hard gas tax vote. Um, they're talking about doing another package right now, yeah. um, but it will be very difficult to get that package through if people think that this governor is just going to, with a stroke of his pen... Um, change the rules of the game, which he's shown now on several occasions that he's willing to do the unconstitutional line item veto. In fact, the legislature is currently suing him mm-hmm. for his line item vetoes from the last session. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will definitely lose because he's absolutely out of line. But uh, the rules don't really seem to matter much to him. <laughs> In a recent interview, somebody said, um, asked me about uh, how things had changed. And I said I was just missing Christine Gregoire so much because you could take her to the bank. If she shook your hand and made a deal, mm-hmm. you were good as gold and she never ever reneged on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't say the same right now mm-hmm. with uh, Governor Inslee and that's really unfortunate. But having said, and these are, I mean, I, these are conversations I'm having with my Democrat colleagues, by the way, sure. who have been equally stunned by this Democrat <laughs> governor. So, um, but um, I think that, uh, I think that 976 will be turned over in the court. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a very clear budget, or um, I'm sorry, initiative title problem. And just so you understand, um, the initiative title is actually written by the Attorney General. So the reality is um, that it will be turned over because whether it was a crime of commission where he said, I'm going to write the crappiest title that will easily be overturned. Or he just had no idea how to write a budget or an initiative title. Either scenario Mm -hmm. is not good. Either scenario is actually very bad for the person who is supposed to be the legal leader in our state. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what happened. And so there, there's something called um, the single topic rule. Well, this title is, you know, all over the place and doesn't really reflect the contents of the um, the uh, initiative. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's no chance that it's mm. it will um, make it through the legal system. So I think for those small communities, that's what I'm seeing. The larger question is um, uh, moving forward the, the uh, development of value so that people understand what they're paying for. 
and never forget what 976 was truly about was the uh, soundtrack ST3 with the um, what many have called the fraudulent calculation of um, of the car tabs uh, based on the highest possible uh, outcome. Hmm. Uh, many people who actually started off supporting it said, wait a minute, my tabs just jumped to $1,600 a year. Um, so how did that happen? Well, when you have, you know, a, a budget that started off being a $30 billion project and quickly ballooned to several billion, or, you know, and I, it, mm-hmm. it just ballooned and ballooned, people are going to revolt. And that's why you saw the sound, I mean, the sound, Puget Sound, passed this. We had Pierce yeah. County and Snohomish saying, I don't even get the benefit of this, but somehow I'm having to pay for the brunt of it. Um, Southwest Washington always kind of votes the same way. But it was those population centers that we would all say are the most yeah. most liberal, never bad attacks they didn't like, right? Except this, they're saying, we've, we've reached the maximum. We, we can't do this anymore. Um, so, and then you had, um, uh, you saw a, a full-on sort of um, uh, expansion in taxes. The Battleground School District had to raise their yep. levy. You, you mm. see all of these things. Well, just, what, two years ago we had the, the levy swap, right? Yeah. That whole deal. And yeah, that was... Taxes went up and then came down. Most, most mm. of us, some of us, anyways. So, but but <laughs> summarily, that was one of the things that was erased by this year's legislature mm. so that it was supposed to go down to 420 per thousand. And then they just erased all that part. So now they're sky's the limit, right? Um, so so people are, I feel like there is just significant um, fatigue and sure, people yeah. are feeling it. And, and this is what happens. But I mean, it's messy and it's not easy for elected officials. It's just not. Yeah. But the reality is we're here representing these people. And we, we if for us to ignore the message that they're sending to us is... Uh, is I just think the very worst of um, uh, the very worst of policies. Yeah, I know when you're when you're talking about the nickel and diming, right? You've got the like locally here. We've got the sorry, John got me laughing. I gotta need a second here. I'm all right. My, I, I think my stomach growled. That was, that was, that was, <laughs> well, it's like but that's actually gonna play into a trivia question. All so. right, all right, all right. And so, um, so, so like when you talk about the nickel and diming, right? You've got the the local cities with their property tax, the one percent increase, potential one percent one one or more percent increase mm-hmm. if they bank capacity, and you have all these other taxes. So a lot of times when people confront me, and I'm sure it happens to you as well, mm-hmm. you know, especially the city level, we didn't raise your taxes. Well, my taxes went up, but they don't care. I mean, I understand why they don't care, right? Because right. their taxes went up. The blame gets doesn't shared. It, yeah, it doesn't matter fairly yeah. equally. So do you have any uh, legislation, new legislation, or legislation that's coming out this year on the committee that that you're so I'm going to be working on a couple in a couple of new subject areas that are pretty important to our region specifically. I don't know if you know this, but my district sells the second most recreational fishing licenses in the state of Washington. Um, See, I thought you were going to say recreational drugs, but yeah. <laughs> that, that's another topic for another day. That's the 49th. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, uh, so I'm going to be doing some uh, hatchery legislation to talk about ways that we can increase the numbers of fish. Yeah, I saw you, t- you had a trip with a couple of legislators yeah, up to Alaska. Yeah, we went to Alaska yeah. to study the Alaskan model, and it looks very promising. 
Now, that's not to say that there won't be hurdles Mm -hmm. uh, to getting this done. But I do think that if we think that we've got everything figured, we're wrong. So we might as well have a look at the way that others are doing things. And uh, they have such robust returns up Mm -hmm. there that we could be enjoying. Um, And that's not to put a knock on any of our existing WDFW. It's just that they are um, they're doing things a little bit different way. So hoping to get some uh, stakeholder discussion going on that, see what we can do. Um, and then uh, uh, I have some um, an update to the police dog law that I passed a couple years right, ago. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yep, so that's going to be updated. I've got several irons in the fire. There'll always be marijuana stuff that I'll be working on. Sure. Um, but it's hopefully it will be a short and on-time conclusion session. So one real quick question before we end, because I know, well, again, uh, this is a election seat or election year starting, so part of the reason why there's a short se- short session, right? I mean, because you can't raise money while you're... Calling a spade a spade. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so question, would you rather do fundraising calls or get a root canal? Oh, I don't, I don't mind fundraising calls at all. And I happen to hate root canals, so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 That's that's an unfortunate part of the, I mean, well, I don't say unfortunate because it's not like you're you're not totally against, you know, that kind of thing. And and, and it's a necessity. I mean, you should, I mean, you have to raise money to, to, to run for office, but it's one of those things that you just got to do. And I would probably... I'd probably lean toward the call, too, because root canals aren't much fun, but uh, I tried to, you know. Lord knows I cannot stand Novocaine. <laughs> my, my, I, I hate having my face. Why don't you skip the whole, the, the, the whole deal where they just knock you out? Yeah. Ooh. Well, then, then what would be worse? Yeah, the, call, the fundraising calls or just having a little nap? Well, I know the fundraising calls for the end, end user there would be pretty bad if I was knocked out. It's like. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be fun. Anyway. It'd be fun. Are, are we ready for We are ready trivia? for some trivia. All right. So, rules are, right? Yep. Yeah, we have, we have to have some rules here. Yep. Go ahead and tell them. So, we'll be competing, Senator Rivers and myself, for yep. these questions. So, we have to pick an animal. The reason why I pick an animal, animal sound, is whenever we think we know the answer, we need to make the animal sound because people can't hear us raise our hands. Unless you do the platypus thing like I did the yeah. other show. And no, no baby Yoda's, though. Well, that's not. Is that an animal? I don't know. Oh. It depends. On, it depends on your outlook on that one. But I'll let the senator uh, pick an animal that she would like to imitate first. Oof, dog. Oh. There you go. John, which one? What should I be? Um, and don't say platypus. I've done that one before. I know unicorn. Oh wow. Oh. <laughs> I have to think about that one. All right. All right. All right. So Let's remember, remember, I said my stomach growled. So the first question here is <laughs> the song. Wild Horses was originally released by which American country <laughs> rock group on their 1970 album Burrito Deluxe? Ooh. But Should I heard a woof, so, so yeah. you know, you have to answer now because you went woof. American rock group, you said? Yeah, the American. song Wild Horses was originally released by which American country rock country group rock. on country. their 1970 album Burrito Deluxe? Ooh, this is a hard one. It, it kind of is. Since I since I woofed yeah, first, nineteen seventy must be Southern Fried Rock. Uh, Leonard Skinner. No, it's pre Skinner. Seventies pre Skinner. Is it? Yeah, they were like in seventy two, three ish. No, I think they were around in seventy. No, I was talking about. Yeah. You were around in nineteen seventy. I was. <laughs> they were. I was. 
Had a little, had a little guitar and everything like that. John, I um, should have, I should have had you sing some of the song for me. Can I, can I just, I'll just take a wild guess. Sure. Wild horses. Uh, no, the no, 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 no. That's that's a song. Right? That's wild... the song. No, yeah. that's not that my guess. Oh, well, the band is not Wild Horses. The band is not Wild Horses. What's your guess? You got to be quick. Oh, Come on. Uh, oh, it's an American. Yeah, band. it's not. Oh, yeah. it's not the Rolling Stones. No, I was going to dun, go there too. Dun, 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 okay, fine. Molly Hatchet. No. Yeah, I don't know. The Flying Burrito Brothers. What the? Yeah. See, so good. <laughs> It's a race to the bottom. I told you. I'm hungry for a burrito right now. I'm telling you. What is that? I don't know. All right. Here we go. I haven't heard of them. You ready? Sure. All right. The deepest trench in the world, the Mariana Trench, is located in which ocean? Woof. The Atlantic Ocean. That is incorrect. Oh. Really? Unicorn sound. Pacific. That is correct. Okay, that is okay, correct. Okay, okay, Where is it? It's uh, on the eastern side of the, or the westernmost side of the uh, Pacific Ocean by the Philippines and all that. Huh. I, I'm, I'm, I thought in the uh, the hunt for Red October they <laughs> were going to scuttle the uh, yeah. ship in the Marian Trench. But... I, I think so, but that was also in the Pacific Ocean. No. No, it no, wasn't because they no, went into Narragansett Bay. No, no, I don't know. Where are you getting these answers from? I, I don't know. Sure. Is this, is, is this a, a reasonable... Yes, it is. is. Like all right, all right. So let's go to the next one. So we got, we got two more, and then we're just going to call it here. So right. the first one here is... Demolition of the Berlin Wall separating East and West Germany began in what year? I don't know what sound to make. Unicorn sound. Okay, know. go. <laughs> 1989. That is correct. Right. That is correct. So... So technically, you got both of them, but I'm going to give <laughs> you one right. more. We're going to. Yep. All right. So, uh, oh, here we go. Um, which Apollo 11 crew member did not walk on the moon? I'm going to have to get out of this space stuff. Oh, I, I can't remember his name. He would. He, he, he Is did... it Buzz Aldrin? No. no, he he was the guy that was up in the. He was orbiting. The, yeah, he was orbiting. It was. I uh, don't know. When you're gonna say I'm yeah, who is it? Michael or something. Michael Collins. Collins, and it was oh. a normal sort of. All right, name. last one. <laughs> last one. Then we're just gonna have to call it. Released in 1984, what movie starring Patrick Swayze was the first to receive Oof. a PG-13 rating? Dirty Dancing. No. What? Roadhouse. No, but I love your thought process here. 1984. 1984. I'm going to go with uh, Outsiders. No! Okay. Who is it? Red Dawn. Wolverine! Oh. Uh, I don't know that one. I don't know that one. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've never seen it. Well, you're, I don't think you're, I... you're a youngin'. I was alive then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right. No Wolverines there. All right. Well, Mike. Uh, well, I won, so that's you all totally matters. You totally won. won. <laughs> yeah. With the unicorn sound. I need to hear that again. Unicorn sound. <laughs> That's not bad. That's like clap, clacking the the, yeah, horn, yeah. the horns like together or something horn. like that. They only, they only have one horn, though. You can't. You'd be two unicorns then. This is two sound of two unicorns. <laughs> Those poor unicorns. All anyway, right. go ahead. Uh, Senator Rivers, thank you so much for being in here today. Uh, and kind of um, dealing with us, but no, for going through the legislative session, and you came out here last year and did the same thing, a sort of pre-legislative session 
um, roundup, if you will. Um, so short session. You'll be back hopefully by when? When is the supposed? Oh, we're supposed to be done by March 24th. Well, so hopefully January 13th. Before Easter? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Is Easter early or April. I'm not looking it up. Awesome. There we go. You guys, thank you so much. I always have such a blast when I'm here with you. Awesome. Wonderful. Thanks thank so you for coming. Me. We'll make sure you come back again. So. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. We'll be right back with some more filibusters. KXRW is brought to you by the generous support from our friends at New Vansterdam. They are the premier cannabis market in the Vancouver area. You can visit at newvansterdam.com for more information regarding their specials and discount days like CBD Sunday and Munchy Monday. New Vansterdam is located in the Heights Shopping Center on the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen Road. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. 365 days a year. More information available at newvansterdam.com. Many thanks to our friends at Say Chow Catering, Columbia River Taproom and Eatery. Chef Peter has been cooking for over 20 years in the Vancouver area. Private events include wine tasting, wine dinners, appetizer parties, and cooking demos. Say Chow Taproom and Eatery boasts space for private events or drop-in for a quick refreshment and live music on Thursday and Friday evenings. Just a stone's throw away from the Columbia River, Say Chow Greater Vancouver's premier catering company. Conveniently located at 2501 Southeast Columbia Way, Suite 270 in Vancouver. More information available at www.say-chow.com. That's www.say-chao.com or directly at 360-210-5522. Hello everyone, welcome back to Filibusters. Mike and John here. We just have a couple moments. We're wrapping things up with Senator Ann Rivers who's been in here she may be the guest we've had the most. I don't know. It's pretty close. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Who's number one? Monica Stone. Oh. Well, she's close. She's getting close. She's close. close. And actually came in a couple of times with uh, <laughs> Representative Stone. That's here, right. So we're, right, yeah. we're good. Good. So, uh, well, you know what? Considering that this is pre-recorded, but considering the day that this is airing on. This isn't live. This isn't live. We're not oh. doing it live. But Mike, happy new year. Happy new year, man. Hey, we're, we got 2020 is... Um, we have a vision for the future. What is it? No, that's it. That's all I got is 2020. <laughs> we have a vision for the future. Yeah, I, 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 There's no background to this stuff. Uh, I just make it up as I go. All right, so. good, good. But it is good. But it is good because I think that uh, 2020 is going to be, from a political perspective, just the year that things are going to be crazy. Yeah. We ain't seen nothing yet, baby. Yep. It's, hap- it's going to be happening. And that's even that. That's just a, not just at the federal level. I mean, we're going to have so many elections going on here mm-hmm. locally. Mm-hmm. All the representatives, all of the state senators are all going to be. Um, all the seats are up for the election series cycle. And uh, I know what I know. This isn't local, but still, the presidential primary being so early for us this year too. In March, we're going to be relevant. We are, and I think that's one of the things that I would really like to talk about on our next show is talking and telling folks exactly what is happening and what has changed okay. with regards to the uh, uh, election cycle at the national level for the presidency uh, here in the state of Washington. Because with the change from going, doing it as a caucus mm-hmm. to a primary and how that's all going to play out, I think it'd be a good time to inform the our, our listeners as to how that's all going to play out. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. All right, cool. Well, well, for, for, for John, this is Mike. You know, 
again, Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for being our our great listeners. You've been with us here for a while now. Yeah, a while. A while. A while. Well, <laughs> anyway, thanks, everybody, for All listening right. to Filibusters. We will see you uh, next time. This is John for Mike. Talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Why settle for fast food when you can have fresh food? At 6th Avenue Bistro, the menu emphasizes local ingredients and authentic preparations that highlight the flavors, textures, and colors of the season. More information available about their menu, happy hour, and catering services at 6thAvenueBistro.com. And Ferrars Bistro is their sister restaurant, also located in Vancouver, Washington. With its family-friendly vibe and comfort food with a flair, Ferrars Bistro has attracted both Vancouver locals and out-of-towners since their doors first opened in 2007. More information available at FerrarsBistro.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-R-S Bistro.com. The census is hiring for part-time jobs with flexible hours. For more information, you can check out 2020census.gov forward slash jobs. That's 2020census.gov forward slash jobs. You may have another job, be retired, or looking for extra income. You can also help make sure that everyone gets counted. For more information on jobs in one of our field offices, you can apply at census.gov forward slash field jobs. That's census.gov forward slash field jobs. Did you know that our Vancouver Planned Parenthood Health Center offers birth control, pregnancy testing, and STI testing and treatment? Last year, this location saw over 8,300 patient visits, 7,900 STI testing and treatments, 413 pap tests, and 390 breast and chest exams. And that's just at one of our locations. For more information on all of our services, including our other locations, go to www.ppcw.org.